Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 604 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains and we ask a simple question today. Will the Ottawa Senators be a playoff team next spring? And Ross, for them to make the playoffs, one of those good playoff teams is going to have to get bounced. Which team will it be? We'll get into all that, including a roundup through exactly one week of free agency. All that and more coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators Podcast. It's your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Tuesday, July 19th. We are free and available on all platforms, including... On YouTube, where the best way to help the show grow is to like the videos by clicking the thumbs up, subscribing to the channel, and engaging in the comments. You can either reply to someone else's or let us know today's burning question. Are the Ottawa Senators, as constructed today, a Stanley Cup playoff team? Before we unravel this onion, peel it layer by layer, Pillsy, a yes or no question. It's simple. Where are you at right now? You know what? I'm I'm usually realistic, conservative, all this kind of stuff, but I'm going with a big yes, Ross, because when you add a 40-goal scorer, when you add a veteran like Claude Giroux that still excels in the face-off dot and still can put up points and is going to be in a second-line role playing with Tim Stutzler and Dabrinkat, when you lock up Josh Norris, when you trim all the fat that the Ottawa Senators had. Most of it. it most of it. And look, I know it sounds like excuses, but COVID and injuries were a real issue for the Ottawa Senators and not having two solid goaltenders. When there's no way they can get as unlucky as they did last year. There's simply no way. And now night in and night out, there's a goalie that the coach, the players, the fans should feel confident can give them a chance to win. So for those reasons all pulled together, I think it is very reasonable to say that the Ottawa Senators can be a playoff team this year. So I mentioned we're going to get into all the moves, not only for the Ottawa Senators, but the Atlantic Division as a whole was extremely busy. Yeah. And the teams that were so far out of the postseason last year, the Sens were 27 points out of the third spot in the Atlantic Division. 27 points. That is not uh, you know, just a bounce here or there, a bad luck here or there, but a bad month like November certainly didn't help Ottawa's case. But... Other teams are improving. And then at the end, we asked this on Twitter at Send Central. To make the playoffs, you got to knock out a team who was there last year. Who is ripe for the pickings? Who is a team that's either over the hill, a team that made bonehead decisions this offseason? Who could the Senators pass in the race for Lord Stanley's Cup? But to start with the Senators, you mentioned it. And let's start as a goalie-friendly show Woo. in net. Who starts on opening night? I know training camp might have a little bit to say with it. Do you give it to the veteran like Cam Talbot? 
or you and I watched Anton Forsberg put up a 47-save performance against Toronto last year. You just look at him and say, hey, Anton, let's run it back. There's not a chance in the world that anyone other than Anton Forsberg plays goal opening night. He has earned it. And look, I want Talbot to push him for that job, but we saw it opening night, like you mentioned, Ross, last year. Like Anton Forsberg, he deserves that spotlight, and it's his job to lose as far as I'm concerned. So you got to give it to Forsberg. Interesting. Now, the Senators' schedule, which Pilsy and I are going through, combing through it, yep. and trying to figure out where we can sneak down to and get together for some games. But they start out without a back-to-back until the end of November, the start of December, Pilsy. What a blessing. What a blessing. It's basically night on, night off, night on, night off alternating the whole time it's fantastic to see for a schedule that was so harsh last what was it 13 back-to-backs for some reason 17 is in my mind that may be too high but because you got to remember the covid push that squeezed everything together after the the olympic break right so yeah that changed things yeah interesting maybe what you do is you start forsberg and talbot on the two road games give them each a game and sure. then whoever plays better gets the home opener against Boston? No, no. Forsberg gets the home opener. you got to give it to Forsberg. You want to go minor hockey style? Give Forsberg the the Sabres then? Camp Talbot, closest team to his hometown. I'm sure that would be kind of special for him, Battle of Ontario, on the Saturday night. And then you go with, with Forsberg back against the Bruins? I don't like consistent flip-flopping because as a goalie, at least I can say this in my prestigious house league career, (laughs) there's nothing worse than when you feel like you're getting into a groove and then it's like, okay, just because this is what we do, we're going to switch goalies now. And then you've lost that groove. You got to find it again. So I, and DJ Smith said this, he's going to play the hot hand. And I love how uh, blunt he is just being like, Look, guys, to the media, I don't know anything about goalies. I defer to Zach Burke, and I'll play the hot hand. Who's ever hot, that's who we're going to play. And I feel like that's how you got to do it. Because you can't have two goalies being like, ah, it doesn't matter how good I play. I know I'll, I'll get the next game here. You got to earn that. You got to fight for that crease, especially when there's two veterans. A guy who just got the biggest contract of his life in Anton Forsberg, he's got to prove that he's worth it. And a guy in Cam Talbot being like, the Minnesota Wild screwed me over. I was their guy, and they brought in Flurry, and then that pissed me off. And now I'm in Ottawa. I'm going to prove not only to Ottawa, but the rest of the league that I'm not just some 1B backup goalie. I'm going to be a starter somewhere, and I'm going to fight for that job. So I want them fighting for it, and I don't want there to be any sort of routine in how the goalies play. Win to stay in. That's what I like. All right, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, you know, planning out all of October's goaltending starts. But what, what it is... Holy friendly is a, show, we'll do it. Yes, yes, exactly. And I think the people, and we'll get to the results of this poll so far. And again, I just posted it on Twitter, at Send Central. So by the time you're listening to this, still have your say right over there on twitter.com slash Send Central. Which team would be the one who they could pass? A lot of answers coming in as Boston and Washington... And those happen to be two of Ottawa's first opponents, the first two home games at the CTC next year. Hey, we get a video tribute early as Connor Brown's Washington Capitals will take take rent uh, for one night in Canada on November or on October 20th. But that just shows you like there's there's no dip your toe because they got the Leafs on the Saturday as well. 
And even the Sabres are going to be improved. So you look at this, four straight divisional games coming in to open the season. So you cannot ease into it. However, Pierre Dorian has been easing into the improvement on defense because we've heard it since the draft, but there has been no trigger pulled to add a top four defenseman or any defenseman as it stands right now. And even though John Klingberg's still out there, it's slim pickings on the free agent front. Uh, other than the only defenseman they've signed is Thomas Hamara, uh, one of their their draft Dylan choices. Hetherington. So. Oh yes, yeah, true. And a couple uh, Jacob Larson we talked about, and oh, yeah. uh, there was Bruce one Hatter. more. There was another big big guy. I think he played with the Marlies. I forget his oh, name. Oh yeah, now. Christians Rubens. Yes, that's it. So so not not entirely true there, yeah. but I'm I'm still sad about the Marino thing. That uh, that one still hurts, but. Um, but yeah. the question is, I was just going to say, like, is this the Achilles heel of the Ottawa Senators enough that it could hold them out of a playoff spot? Maybe. Honestly, maybe. Because when you start looking at the rest of that decor, without adding a guy on that right side, you are putting a lot of pressure on Jake Sanderson to be the difference here. And... I'm not saying he, he can't be that difference. I'm just saying it's a lot to put on a kid jumping into the NHL his first year. So that's a difficult thing to kind of bank on. But if if you're going to bank on anyone coming into the NHL and succeeding right away, I'll push my chips in on Jake Sanderson. I don't mind yeah. that. Yeah, doubt him at your own peril, honestly. Yeah, we can ask the internet how that goes. <laughs> and the, the other X factor here is Will Lassie Thompson, who we know keeps in fantastic shape we heard that from crooker what do you say he's built like a great god hey is that what crooker said about lassie well does he come in at 22 23 years old now and be like all right it's time for me to knock the door down and steal a job on the right side out of camp because as it stands right now i highly doubt we see eric brancer on the right side in the top four uh in training camp because you know you right so as it stands right now then Either Travis Hamanick or Nikita Zaitsev is a top four defenseman on the right side on this team. I'll take Hamanick seven seven days of the week over Zaitsev. Oh, yeah, in that this or that. But I don't think either of them gives you confidence that this is going to be a playoff team. It, it doesn't help, no. But I think if we're looking at a situation, Ross, where the Senators, and this sounds weird, only got to it and didn't also get Giroux, then I'm glaring at that... Um, Top four right hand shot defenseman problem a little bit more, but when you, you think add they're Dr- just going to outscore it, I think they can with two solid goaltenders. Like Anton Forsberg, legitimately stole games for this Ottawa Senators team. Oh, so yeah. add a forty plus goal scorer and a veteran that's going to win some faceoffs and can still put up points. That's going to help out and then give another year of growth to early 20s, Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, and Tim Stutzler. Like, those guys are only going to get better as well. So I think, can they outscore their problems all the way to the playoffs and have success in the playoffs? Maybe not. That's that's a tough thing to do, as uh, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs can tell you. You can't outscore all your problems. But doing that with extra goaltending, and if Jake Sanderson can transition to the NHL the way we hope he can. I think it's I think it's possible to do without a top four D. But I still think, like I mentioned yesterday, I think the Sens will be aggressive at trade deadline for that defenseman because the whole market changes and guys that were not available suddenly become available. And that's when you can decide, okay, where are we? How much 
how much stock can we put into this team's immediate future? Yeah, well, the fans believe that the immediate future is bright for the Ottawa Senators as the early returns on the poll at Send Central on Twitter show 68% of the first 300 voters saying, yeah, hell yeah, this is going to be a playoff team. And right after Pilsy tells us a quick word from Bilt Bar, I'm going to give a shine to some of the replies here. We'll share the screen for those watching on YouTube, and you can see which teams the listeners think are more most likely to be on the outside looking in. Then we're going to touch on the teams in the division, who got better, who got worse. Yep. All that coming up on Locked On Senders. Pilsy, our friends at Built Bar are wondering, are you a Puffs guy or do you prefer the protein bar? I've been meaning to ask you forever. Well, you're going to get your answer, Ross. I am a Puffs guy big time because summer is here. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. And Bilt Bar is the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bag, your kids' backpacks for camp. Hey, Martian, he likes to hit the golf course a bunch. Take some Bilt Bars in your golf bag, Martian, because they're easy to bring along and Everyone has a flavor, so you're fueled for your summer adventure. And the best part about Built Bar is they focus on making it taste great and then figure out how to make it healthy. Why do I love the Built Bar Puffs? Because they have marshmallows in them. Now you're probably thinking marshmallows. Well, okay, well, we're not talking about protein anymore. Protein-infused marshmallow. How about that? And Ross, Built Bar always comes out with amazing seasonal flavors. I'm thinking of taking a couple camping trips this summer. I like s'mores once in a while. Some s'mores uh, is definitely a fun campsite thing. Why not take a s'mores built bar so you don't have to wow. deal with that sticky mess, the chocolate melting on your fingers, the gooey marshmallow. It's all put together perfectly in a built puff. 17 grams of protein, only 140 calories, and 100% real chocolate with crushed graham cracker on top. That is going to be your favorite summer snack. I can guarantee it. So how do you get your hands on a Built Puff s'mores bar? Go to Built.com. They are delicious. That's just one of the many flavors you're going to love. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your next order. One more time for the people in the back. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, Pilsy, we should thank Tyler Boucher once again for coming on yesterday. If you missed that episode, highly recommend. Spent a half hour with him asking everything about development camp, what they got to do, who impressed him, who the hardest goalie to score on. We got into his next challenge, which is making the Team USA World Junior roster and some fun stories about living with Jake Sanderson and Ridley Gregg over this summer. He is an absolute beauty. I tweeted out from my personal account, I don't think there's an athlete that I'm rooting for more than Tyler Boucher. Like, if this guy succeeds, not only will it be like Shaquille O'Neal dunking, bringing the hoop down on the (laughs) backboard of everyone who is so quick to chirp him as an 18-year-old kid coming off knee surgery, but it would just be awesome to see because he's a really good kid, and we, we can't thank him enough for being a true friend of the show. Yeah, it's so nice having Tyler on. Uh, he's really he's really casual with us. You could tell like when we're chatting with him, this isn't like a media-groomed, uh, prepped interview where he's careful with what he says. says. He's open. He's a chill guy. He's someone that I agree I'm also rooting for. And look, 
it's it's been a while since he was picked at 10th overall whether you think it's a reach or not blah 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 who cares let's move on from that this kid is an ottawa senator he's working his bag off to become the best hockey player he can he had a real rough year with covid and injuries and moving from college to the ohl He's now focused. He's in a great spot. He's got opportunities to play on Team USA, like you mentioned. I think Tyler Boucher is going to have an unbelievable bounce back year. And all the haters, they're going to verbal meme the Homer Simpson gif where he slides back into the bushes. Because you're going to be regretting some of the things you say because he he's focused and he's got all the tools. Now it's just about putting it together and having a good season. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to, I don't think, make the sends this year, but certainly uh, wherever he does end up, like the the shot, the hockey IQ, the tenacity, the way that he skates, he's always moving his feet. It was great to hear that all the reports out of Dev Camp and take it for what it's worth, it's Dev Camp. And yes, he was the second highest drafted player on the ice, first actually on the ice because Jake Sanderson didn't take part yeah. in any of the team drills. So yeah, you could say he should be up there with the best but he certainly was and we're gonna have our friend at sense prospects on in the next couple of weeks we're gonna do a prospect pyramid type exercise so it'll be fun to see what his thoughts are on tyler boucher because he had boots on the ground at different events all right back to the topic of the day the topic du jour is will wow. the ottawa senators make the postseason this upcoming year so we know that the gap in the atlantic was about as wide as the atlantic ocean <laughs> Now, the Tampa Bay Lightning, three straight Stanley Cup finals. They won two of them. As long as Andre Vasilevsky's their goalie, they have a chance to win the Cup. And then you add on the depth of talent that they have. They've re-signed all. They've taken care of their own guys. I appreciate that about them. The eight-year extensions for Sorelli and for uh, Chernak as well. Seven years for Nick Paul. I'm missing another guy got an eight-year deal as well. I'm foretting who that was. But they've got Kucherov, Stamkos, like, if you watch playoff hockey, you know that this is not a team that's going to be out there. So I think we can just cross them right off away. Respect to the champs. Yes, but also, while you got to praise them for all the moves they did do, Ross, you got to remember what else happened. Andre Palat, massive part of this team's playoff sure. success, scored a lot of big goals, gone. Ryan McDonough, a huge part yeah. of stabilizing that back end and keeping the puck out of their own net, gone. So... There are some notable uh, subtractions here as Tampa Bay has to go through. Good teams have to go through that. So, yes, did they bring back a lot of their key guys? Yep. Do they still have that amazing core? Yes. But is this team better than they were last year? No. All right. Yeah, well said. I'm trying to find out. Who is that third guy that... Uh, I forget all the of... names you mentioned. Sergachev. Sergachev. Sergachev I, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sergachev I didn't have there. 8.5 cap for a guy with 38 points. I mean, yeah, he brings some on the defensive end too, but... He should not be making... And wasn't he usually paired with McDonough? Yes. Yes, he so was. So let's see how he does without Ryan McDonough beside yeah. him. That will be very interesting to see how he holds up. Not not saying that I don't think he will, but that's a big change, a big adjustment. And I'm not saying that uh, Ian Cole is Ryan McDonough, but they did bring in kind of a stabilizer back there to, to play a similar yeah, uh, role although not as as good. Hayden Fleury is just kind of a shot in the dark for, again, a former first-round pick. But um, I think it's pretty safe to say. That, I'm with you on that. Yep. That the Tampa's, Lightning are there. And they also brought back around. Vlad Nemesnikov, who uh, sends abroad. We'll touch on some I'm of I'm actually sense. a big Nemesnikov fan. I like that move a lot. He was sick shorthanded with Ottawa. Remember how good he was? He was so good shorthanded, yeah. Um, the Florida Panthers, speaking of former Senators, 
<laughs> oh my God. Jesus. Not only Michael Delzato, not only Colin White, not only Chris Tierney, but Rudolph Balser okay, as well. I was going to well. say, do not forget my guy. And how about how about the package deal? Bring in Mark Stahl on a one-year contract at seven fifty, and then signing his brother Eric Stahl to a PTO. I guess the stalls come in bunches. Yeah, they typically do. That's what it seems like, eh? No, that, that's strange to me. Now they lose Mason Marchment. They lose yep. Claude Giroux. Yep. I don't think they're better than they were. Nope. How no much chance. worse could they be? But. Also consider Giroux was brought in at the deadline. They were already the a top team yep. at that time before Giroux. Uh, Marchman. Sneaky good player, though. Sneaky good, but I still think the Florida Panthers have one of the best top nine in the league. There's so much spread out scoring, like Duclair. Long-term, though. Remember? Duclair injured himself. Excuse me. Du- Duclair injured himself. Right, yeah, and he had surgery, but he'll be back around November or something like that, okay. right? Okay, all right, yeah. I, yeah, I think, do don't quote me on that, but that's that's my assumption. Um, and I think the, the biggest thing here, Ross, is how's Bobrovsky going to do? And does Spencer Knight need to come in and save the day here? Because right. Bobrovsky did have a bounce back season, but when you're taking up 10 mil of the cap, there's a lot of pressure on you to perform. So we'll see if he can kind of continue that, but... I still think there's enough depth on this lineup and there's enough kind of motivation now. The motivation of getting spanked by your big brother, yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning. True. This team's going to come back hungry. I still think they're able to make the playoffs. All right. So then we move down to the Boston Bruins because I think we'll wait for Toronto. They can, they can wait. I was going to say, that's not the next team. No, they can wait. With the Boston Bruins, though, they trade Eric Howla. Still no contract in place for Patrice Bergeron, which we thought would be a slam dunk. David Krejci, is he coming back? There's rumors, but nothing's official there either. I don't know what to make of this team that's going to be without Brad Marchand and without Charlie McAvoy for the start of, of the season. Like This, to me, seems like the team that if you're the Ottawa Senators, you're circling and saying, we're going to be better than them next year. I'm not so sold on Boston's decline as I think uh, the consensus of Twitter is. They've still got David Pasternak. They've still got uh, Taylor Hall. Their goaltending is really good. They've got a good tandem. They um, uh, who who am I missing here? But they still have like oh Hampus Lindholm. That was a great addition to that decor. I think they're still going to be in the mix. But I think they're more of a wild card team than a top three uh, right. Atlantic Division team, just because having no Marchand and no McAvoy for the start of the season is going to be tough. And we'll see if they can handle that kind of humility, humility to their typical reputation at the start of the year, and see if they can bounce back. And yeah, Bergeron and Krejci, those are two hinging pieces. Where if you get one or both of them back, or one or both of them not back. That changes your entire season. Oh, 100%. Like we saw them without Krejci last year. They they were just a different team. They didn't have that depth. Big they time. had to elevate Eric Howler to be a second-line center. I think in a perfect world, he's a really, really good third-line center. Wait, but um, he's gone now. They traded him for Pavel Zaka. That's what I'm saying. And I, yeah. I don't I don't love Pavel Zaka. I and they don't they, even have him signed. He's an RFA still. Oh, there you go. And, and the Devils were just trying to move on from him however they could. So, awesome. um yeah, I, I don't love where the Boston Bruins are right now, and I, I think that management's kind of done them in here uh, over the last while. And we'll see. Obviously, everyone got excited when past his name surfaced very briefly, 
Jim Montgomery, new coach coming in, can he get them rolling in the right direction, even though many see it as a downgrade versus what they had in Bruce Cassidy as their previous coach. So Boston's a team I have circled. We'll, we'll get to our conclusions afterwards. First, I guess we could talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Toronto Senators in a way, although mm-hmm. I do believe Victor Mete will be in, in the Marlies, maybe even Gaudette as well, or maybe a, an extra forward, but they didn't get better in my opinion. Like even with their goaltending tandem, God, like, no. like Campbell and, and Mrazek, I take them over Murray and Samsonov every day of the week. And I'm not sure why the Toronto Maple Leafs didn't do that. Like to to walk away from Campbell over what is it like a quarter 700, mil? Seven hundred thousand. Okay, because so, they got Murray at four point eight. No, and it, then he he made Campbell 5. signed 5. a five by five. Yeah, so oh, I thought it was five point five. Sorry, five by five. Yes, you're yeah. Right. So so two hundred. Looking at 000. a difference of a couple hundred thousand dollars to. Yeah, but it's it's high risk, high reward. If if they can rebuild Matt Murray, and if all oh, the special yeah. stats that prove that <laughs> Matt Murray would have been a better goalie for the Leafs than he would have for the Sens, if those can all magically come true, and the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, can figure that out, that can be good. But I don't like the gamble, and no Mikheyev. Um, they lost. Um, he went to Buffalo. Labushkin. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a bit of a hit to their decor. I th- they're still trying to work out Sandine's deal as well, right? Yeah, and they, they're already over the cap. They're probably going to have to part with Kerfoot. Yeah, so then you lose points. even more. Like, and look, the Toronto Maple Leafs, I still think they can have a decent regular season. But what is the point if you keep having good regular seasons getting bounced in the first round because you, you don't have what it takes to get it done? So... I still think, and sorry not to not to hop on the right side of the argument here for Sen's Twitter. I still think the Leafs are going to make the playoffs. I think it'll be <laughs> tougher for them, but they're going to get bounced in the first round again, probably yeah. by your Ottawa Senators. That I mean, that's a dream this year. But yeah, you, you got to give them credit where it's due. Like Austin Matthews, these next two years, enjoy him, Leaf fans, because he he is a special special player. Uh, over sixty goals this year, and as much as we hate him, like. Mitch Marner is a sick, sick point producer. You can say other parts of his game, you know, can cause. Uh, I'm glad you of, reference it as point producer. I'll, yeah. I'll allow that. He is. He puts up points. Yep. 100%. So those guys will carry them at least offensively. And I do like the Giordano re-signing. He obviously took kind of bare, bare minimum just to, to stay and keep the band together. I don't know how they keep convincing vets to do that. I guess you're guaranteed teacher level summers, but beyond well, that. And Giordano, he's got a couple bucks in the bank, so. Very true. Very yeah. true. <laughs> now, the Buffalo Sabres are an intriguing one because they didn't do much in free agency, but I just love the young core that they're building there. I don't know if it's this year, especially with uh, a duo of Craig okay. Anderson and Eric Comrie and, and Malcolm Subban in goal. Although I do that's like Eric Comrie, but that's a trio. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I still think they're probably a year or two away, but they're going to be one to keep an eye on because their their prospect pool is as good as anybody's in the league. So Boston they're one of those teams where Buffalo. it's like if you play down to their level, they'll yeah. surprise you and they'll beat you. Yeah, they're the Ottawa Senators of two years ago. Kind of exactly. Yeah, yeah, and and it'll be interesting to see how much of an impact Owen Power can make right off the bat. Now. The trio of D, one, two, three, right? Trio. There you go. Uh, yep. Between Jake Sanderson, we've got Owen Power, and this man, Simon Edvinson. 
in Detroit who's expected to just hop in and play top four. Like Detroit and Ottawa to me are so fascinating. And yeah. we've said before, we'll we'll say it again, and we are going to make it happen with the locked on Red Wings fellas. Like I want to compare rebuilds and see where they feel their team's at because Stevie Y definitely, he didn't mortgage the future in terms of making long-term contracts outside of probably the worst deal they made, which was Ben Sherrod at four years. But at under $5 million, it's not going to handcuff you all all uh, encompassing but still adding david perron adding dominic kubalik on two-year deals and then the big fish yeah five years but this is a guy that you give five years to every day of the week andrew cop coming home sends fans will appreciate the old coming home story i i think that he had an awesome off season and then when you consider their goaltending was brutal last year didn't they allow 10 goals against the leafs in a single game i think they allowed 10 goals more than once in in last bro year. think about what the ottawa senators and matthew joseph did to that team yeah wow yeah so they got billy huso to kind of take care of a bit of that so i like what detroit did i don't think detroit's a playoff team yet but they're certainly on the rise as well yeah they're a team that made good moves i think those moves the players they brought in are support players that are going to help those big prospects your yeah lucas raymond's your well he's not a prospect but dylan larkin your mo siders like these guys are going to help support those guys to elevate them to where they need to go they're going to be a tough tough matchup but they're not in uh the playoff is not in their sights yet no yeah 100 percent well I, I think it'll be interesting though at the same time because they could be a team where by december you're like oh damn like they have a pretty good record can they keep it rolling i, I yeah. do think they were hot for a while like their record was surprisingly good for the first half of the season Oh yeah, hundred percent. So those are the teams in the Atlantic that we feel have have a chance to be good. Do we miss any teams? No, I don't think so. No, no. Oh, oh we did. Oh, oh. We did. <laughs> That's because it's so irrelevant. And with Slavkovsky playing in the CHL, oh, how are they going to make the playoffs? Simmer's killing me these days, man. You never know what to do, what to do. Carlson to Tampa confirmed. This guy. <laughs> This guy is absolutely nuts, but... Uh, He's gone off the rails. Yeah, they're a team. You know what? I, I was just in my head, the, the NHL was 31 teams, so I just forgot whoever finished 32nd, but... Congrats to the 32nd. It's all, you know what? Here's what I'll say. I'll say something nice about the Habs. It's always a fun atmosphere when the Sens and Habs play. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say it's always a fun atmosphere at the Bell Center. It's like, no. I can I can strongly disagree with that. No. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll we'll talk. We're talking playoff contenders, so we can move on. I think, hey, eh, Pelzi, we'll talk mm-hmm. coming up right after the break about which teams in the Metropolitan that we think could be a wild card team. Is there one of those that could be? Wait, up to before that? we go to the break, though, Ross, have you picked your team yet that is going to be replaced? But because I assume you're on the side that the Senators will make the playoffs. Find out after this quick break. Coming up next, more Locked On Senators. It's brought to you by Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Pilsy, nice little tease there. And uh, yes, I am on the side that the Ottawa Senators will contend in next year's postseason as built today, but with the caveat that eventually, whether it's still before the season gets underway or at least before the deadline i don't even want it on the deadline i would say closer to christmas like the same time of year where they made that kyle Turris trade and you're just like okay now we're kind of just like taking a next step in the middle of the season they they are going to need to add to that decor and more importantly potentially is to 
I need to I need proof that they're not going to play Nikita Zaitsev if he's still here. You can't just do everything you can to get rid of someone and then if he stays play him 20 minutes. No. Treat him like that player that you don't owe him anything. You've paid him an ab- yeah. ab- abhorrent amount of money. You just gave him 2 million dollars a couple weeks ago. So, but wait, my my question still stands. Has the team that the Sens going to replace been mentioned yet? For you. I think there's two teams and one of them has been mentioned. And that's Boston? Boston. Okay. Okay. Which Metropolitan team? My team has think? not been mentioned yet. So mention them. It's, now's your time. You got the floor. Uh, are we going to do it like that or you want to run through in no, order here? No. No. Just do it. Okay. I think, and bear with me here. I, I know right off the bat it doesn't make sense, but I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to be the team that gets knocked out. Now, I know everyone's probably wow. smacking their steering wheel being like, they're in another division, but... What I think is going to happen is Washington is going to take the Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh spot where they finish third in that division. That frees up another wild card spot, and then I've got um, Ottawa and Boston as the two wild card teams. Wow! All right, that's yeah. interesting. So the Islanders aren't going to make a bounce back either. <sighs> no, God, no. Though the team, the team I'm starting to get a little bit worried about is Columbus. Yeah, Columbus more than New Jersey. Get- Oh, yeah, big time. Adding a 115-point score in Johnny Gaudreau, that changes things. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what, what goaltending they get, though, next year. I'm a little worried. Like, are they going to get the Merzlikens that burst on the scene and that was unbelievable or the one who had, like, a 905 save percentage? Yep, fair. So, to me, that's kind of, I mean, it's a burning question for a lot of teams, like New Jersey, too. How much do you really trust Vitek Vanacek? Is he their number one guy or, I guess, kind of a, a tandem with Blackwood? Yeah, I would say Blackwood, but Blackwood wasn't reliable for them, so we'll see. Yeah, I have no idea what to expect out of New Jersey and Columbus. You're right; those are kind of two complete wild cards. And yeah, the Islanders don't trust wild them cards that won't be in the wild card. But Sorokin, like you can't understate how friggin' good Sorokin is as a goalie for the Islanders. They're just going to bore you to death, but without but Barry, they Trump. can't score. They can't score. Yeah, you're right. And those, and that's a team. Like we talk about, all these teams, like their core players are getting better. The Islanders' core players are getting worse. Yeah, fair, right? Fair. No, I, I, other than I like Barzell. Head, other than Barzell. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see, man. And that's why you play eighty-two games. We're gonna do it. So uh, you you have the Senators as they stand right now, competing for a playoff spot next year. Yeah, I do, and I really think the trade deadline is when they're gonna make that push. I, I think they'll they'll get a rental. D man and try to try to figure it out next off season if they don't make a splash this off season. But it's the the options for making that splash right now are are dwindling here. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, let's get before we go a quick look at what your thoughts are on can the Ottawa Senators be a playoff team as it stands today? Are you confident the Sens will compete in next year's Stanley Cup playoffs? If so, which team from this past spring will be on the outside? looking in still 68% we're through just about 600 votes on this poll and we've got Nicholas Spence has his already playoff picture done here so you like to see that Dylan who we appreciate at fighting Stutzla yeah. our boy giving away cards throw him a little heart there Sens can make up some ground on the Bruins so he's got the Bruins there the Capitals as well you know what I had the Caps but not only the Connor Brown signing I actually love the Dylan Strom signing 
Yep. As well, I think that he could be a real nice fit. Kemper's an increase on uh, Samsonov and uh, Vanacek. I don't think for the long term, but I think for next season, I think it's a it's a better move. Definitely, and I mean, you still have Ovi chasing that record. That's going to light a fire. And if under Backstrom him. can come back, you got to remember how much time he missed last year. If Backstrom comes back, that's massive. Yep. Uh, how about Margaret, the eternal optimist? My ideal situation is that it looks like Boston all season. And then in a spectacular collapse, the final few weeks, it's the Leafs. Yeah, thanks in large part losing to the Sens. Cheering uh, for that too, Margaret. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. There, Carter. A lot of people are feeling it's going to be Boston. That's what Carter Cannon says. Yep. Uh, our boy, sensual healing. Woo. I'd love to say they will, but I really think they need that top four D. Thank you for bringing some um, some other perspective to this because I feel like it was all just everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel on the same terms saying they got to get rid of Zaitsev and acquire a legit top four defenseman before I put any playoff expectations on this team. Frederic is going to go right in the middle, 50-50. Uh, Max is going to say Boston's going to decline. and Washington without Backstrom at the start of the year. But a lot of teams are dealing with these early season injuries. We'll see. It's going to be a long season up here. And then, yeah, this top four D really needs to be addressed according to the overwhelming part of the fan base. Eh, Pills? Yeah, but it's because, Ross, that's the only remaining hole in this roster. Like, I know other teams' fans are being like, wow, Sens are getting way ahead of themselves here. But honestly, the forward core, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch at all. We didn't even talk about it in segment one. We talked about the goaltending and and the D and the D core, because up front they're just locked and loaded. It's perfect. And then you got two solid veterans in goal, and the D core's the only spot that needs improving now. Yeah, I agree with you. And and I guess what we can finish off on here, we appreciate everyone going in here and uh and leaving their thoughts. What um what I really want to get to though is What's the leash on DJ Smith this offseason? Maybe we can get into that on tomorrow's show. We also have a Senators prospect, a brand new Senators prospect coming up on tomorrow's show. Looking forward to introducing you to him tomorrow. And then later on this week, we've got another insider coming up. And then next week, we're going down to three shows per week. It'll be like that through all of August. And that doesn't mean the content's going to slow down because we still owe you guys some draft profiles on all nine picks that the Ottawa Senators made. And coming up as well, we've got our organizational value rankings. It's now in its third season, Pilsy, the third edition of the organizational value rankings. So it'll be cool because we're going to put up the 2020 rank, the 2021 rank, and now 2022. So we'll get a real sense of where these players' values are going. Are they trending up, down, all over the place? What's it going to be? It'll be really fun. Pilsy and I are going to spend some time today going through, making our list, and checking it twice. But that'll be super fun coming up on Locked On Senators. So don't go anywhere, Pilsy. We've got a lot to get to going through the rest of the summer. Any final thoughts here as we both concluded and yes, consider it homerism, consider it whatever you want, but I truly believe with the moves they've made, they will at least give themselves a chance to contend, if not do a little damage coming up this next season. Uh, just final new- news and notes for me. Congrats to Rourke Chartier for uh, yes. signing a deal, and he will be coming back to Belleville. I, I liked Rourke Chartier, and I'm on uh, his uh, Elite Prospects page. 33 games, 25 points. Not bad at all. And then only two Belleville playoff games, two points there. So that's a guy I'm stoked to bring back. So 
quick uh, stick taps to Rook Chartier. And he was a guy who's on a one-way AHL contract last year. So just like Jake Lucchini, those two guys are now officially able to be called up in the middle of the season. All right, thanks for listening so much, guys. We'll be back tomorrow, as I said, with a very fun interview I think you guys will enjoy. But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.